Hey folks, it's Cody Stoffer with Playmakers Corner, here to tell you about Code Red Coaching. Competing in athletics means you've lifted the weights, you've watched film, and you've got the passion. Problem is, that's what everyone else in the state has done. Perfect your game by honing in on your mental performance with Code Red Coaching. Whether you are a team or an individual, Code Red Coaching has the tools to create mentally solid habits and set up you or your team for success. Find Code Red Coaching at coderedcoaching.com or call 720-979-1914 to learn more today. That's coderedcoaching.com or 720-979-1914 today. Now back to the show. I'm Ethan Thomason. I played tackle at Rocky Mountain High School. I'm to BYU and you're listening to Playmaker Corner. Howdy y'all. Welcome back to the Playmaker's Corner podcast. I'm your host for this episode. Cody Stoffer, and we are continuing our interview series, this one focusing on class of 2023 guys, especially from our top five lists, and we have one of those guys here today. We have a very special guest. If you'd like to introduce yourself, where you're from, where you've played football, and the position that you play, uh, go ahead and let the audience know. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm Ethan Thomason. I'm from Fort Collins, Colorado. And I played football at Rocky Mountain High School. I played primarily left tackle, but, you know, I I can play both positions and, you know, get flipped around. Yes, that is true. And that is something that uh, we discovered in your film as well. But before we talk about your game and film and the gridiron and stuff, we kind of like to get to know, you know, this is a more personal question, I think, and one that I think really personalizes our athletes. And so we like to ask. What is your favorite sports experience or memory while playing? This could be a playoff game. This could be a divisional, you know, rival. This could be, you know, we've even had some guys talk about basketball or other sports. And I know that you're a multi-sport athlete as well. So I, I guess go ahead and just fill us in on what is your favorite sports memory while playing a sport. And just, I guess, first thing that comes to mind was just the snow game. Uh, in the first round of the playoffs, which is Mountain Vista. Um, I've I'd never had a snow game in my whole career, and it just happened to be that first game with our quarterback, Gage Brookback. Um, and just that day, the massive amount of snow, and we were able to pull off the upset versus Mountain Vista. It was so fun. Yeah, huge congratulations as somebody who, you know, did brackets and whatnot. I will admit, you know, we were wrong on that one, and, uh, you know, we love being proven wrong. And, um, you know, especially with with the circumstances surrounding that and just everything that you guys had to kind of deal with, that was awesome to see. So, you know, huge can yeah. congrats on that win, obviously. And yeah, no, snow games are different for sure. That's crazy that you never had a snow game up until then. Uh, yeah, weird. I've always I've always <laughs> like really wanted to, but it's never worked out. Better late than never. That's what they say. Yeah. Better late than never. <laughs> So and and we'll double back to uh, some of that season as well. But before that, you know, I find in my experience, you know, having having played sports, I also enjoyed watching sports and have some very fond memories in that realm. So what is your favorite sport viewing experience? You know, more as a fan, whether this is, you know, if you had siblings play, watching them play or going to like a live NFL game or watching a game on TV that you just really remember anything in that kind of realm. It's a pretty broad range of memories but i guess what is your favorite memory in that capacity oh man that's a tough one uh really three games are standing out to me right now but 
I guess to go with the school I committed to. Um, I was at BYU versus Baylor this year, which was a great game. And um, got to rush the field after with some of the other recruits. And it was really fun. Um, got to be in the got to be in the locker room after the game, and I committed to Coach Kalani right before then. And, um, it was just a perfect experience of just watching the great game. No, that's that's awesome, and it's very unique too. You know, for for I think you might be one of the first prospects talking about you know a game that you got to see to a school that you eventually commit to and see it in person and be a part of that locker room experience. That is. I, I think, you know, out of the, th- I'm not sure what the other two memories were, but I think that that's a pretty good one to choose if I'm being yeah. honest. So, <laughs> uh, but um, talking about transitioning a little bit here to, to Ethan Thomas in the prospect here and just talking about your game, you know, you were crowned our number one offensive tackle here in our class of 2023. And, you know, this, this wasn't the first time that you found yourself near the top of rankings in that kind of way but I guess what was your reaction to our evaluation of your game and you know the overall grade that you got of 88.85 I believe is basically right there with 247 yeah um I thought I thought you guys did a great job I was um yeah I thought it was I thought it was really fair um I really liked some of your critiques as well as um your ability to point out my strengths I thought that was really great um you didn't make it easy on us <laughs> for for yeah. finding areas to improve, but you know, something yeah, something, no such thing as a perfect prospect. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you were. Especially, um, especially in my position, uh, there's so much developmental piece and you know so much maturity you need to go through to become a really elite offensive tackle. Absolutely, I agree with that, and I guess you know we could kind of talk about that too, and just talk about, you know, your game and how you view yourself. What are some things that, you know, kind of helped you develop into that uh, that premier offensive tackle here in Colorado? And, you know, what are some resources that helped you, whether it was teammates, coaches, or trainers, anything like that? Oh, man, I have a, I have a big, big supporting group around me. I'm so grateful for all of them. Um, first, I mean, the first two guys, offensive linemen's best friends are, uh, their strength coach and their position coach. And I know um, a strength coach, Mike Dyer at Rocky Mountain, did an amazing job. Um, he's definitely not like a lot of high school strength coaches where they just tell you to push weight, but he really helps me with speed, agility, mobility, and of course, strength. Um, because if you can't really move, then it doesn't matter how strong you are if you can't use it. Um, so he did a great job with that, as well as. My O-line coach, um, Scott Jones, uh, he's, a, he's, he's a great O-line coach. He's had, I, I want to say, like five major D1 offensive linemen in his career. I'm um, up at Rocky Mountain, which is a, a feat. <laughs> so that That is an impressive resume for sure. And uh, you joining those ranks, too, is is a big deal. And I guess, you know, looking at it from from that, Maybe not that perspective, but I guess from just a comparison standpoint, what are some qualities, two to three qualities that, in your opinion, from your perspective as the athlete in question, that separate you from other tackles or offensive linemen, whether that's, you know, 
in your own conference, in the state of Colorado, or even in the country, what are some things that you feel very confident in your ability to do? Um, I feel like just a lot of it's God-given size and athleticism. <laughs> I just been I just been really gifted with a six-eight, three hundred and twenty-five pound frame, um, and then also just my ability to move it. I feel like I've put in I, I have put in a lot of work to be able to move my body. And, um, also, um, I, I do have a, I like to say I have a good, tough mentality. Um, I want to, I want to kill people out there. They're not, they're not my friends out there. A nice guy off the field, but, um, I had a couple people tell me they're scared of me, which I always, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, you've got uh, quite the imposing stature for sure, but, like you said, it it's no use if you don't know how to use it. So, you know, the the fact that you have put in that work to be one of the probably the most mobile linemen that I can think of on scale of size and weight for, since we've started this, you know, podcast, that's very impressive and salute to you and the work you've put in. And, you know, I like to hear that kind of Mamba mentality that you got going on there because, you know, I mean, all the listeners, they have to hear that because they're like, wow, this is a really nice guy. But no, no, no. Everyone has a different gear once that helmet and shoulder pads go on or once that switch is flipped. So <laughs> just just wait till after the game and then yeah. <laughs> make sure to For approach sure. Ethan following that. <laughs> That's always what my dad would tell me is you're, you're a different guy when you put on the helmet. So, yeah, you got to be you got to be for sure. And I guess um, kind of talking about, once again, your kind of perspective, but also maybe your inspiration here. Are there any linemen growing up or, you know, these past few years in high school, like professional or college linemen that you've watched and have tried to emulate or model your game after a little bit here? Uh, yeah, for sure. I, lo- I love watching offensive line play. I call myself a nerd and just really analyzing different guys' techniques and what the things they do like to add to their game. So I had lots of fun watching the Super Bowl. Um, those guys, Lane Johnson, and, um, you know, I, he, he's a guy that really stands out to me. And just just every guy's just beautiful technique and just that power and something to look up, up to. Um, a couple other guys, BYU, the both of their tackles are all Americans this year. Um, Kingsley Sumatea was a freshman All-American. And um, Blake Freeland, their left tackle, was a, a second-team PFF All-American, and he started in the Senior Bowl. And he's just a monster too, and really, Blake Freeland's a six-nine, three-fifteen, um, built a little different than me, but a similar frame, super athletic, and really, really a great pass blocker. Um, I've loved watching him and modeling my game after him. Um, and then, obviously, the best. Tackle in the league is Trent Williams. Um, just watching his just the insane, the insane way he moves and and moves people. It's just really something I want to be able to do. So yeah, yeah. No, I. Those are all great names. You know, Lane Johnson. Um, being a being an OU fan, it was is fun watching him come out and do his thing and develop and. You know, I, I'd say I'm more familiar with the NFL ranks personally and thinking back to Trent Williams, even back in Washington was an absolute dog who just moves around the field very, very well. And 
you know, it sounds like you got some good role models kind of in-house as well with your commitment here. And so, you know, I think that that's a great segue to kind of talk about, give you a chance to talk about your recruitment journey and, you know, kind of what did that look like? What did that path look like? Because, I mean, you were a highly coveted prospect and, uh, you know, you kept everyone on the edge of their seat. You didn't commit super duper early like a ton of other prospects do. And so I guess kind of what was that process like? And eventually, why did you land at uh, BYU? Good question. Um, I I really enjoyed the recruiting process. Um, my first offer was right after my sophomore season um, to Colorado State, just up the just up the road, like ten minutes. And um, that first one, just the the feeling I can describe it as is like you're looking at the the head coach, and it's like you're looking through like a PVC pipe as a kid, and everything else in the room just like kind of just fades out, and you just like can't believe it's real and and like that's like that's like the best way i can describe that first feeling um then that sophomore summer i mean i was i was grinding uh with the camp schedule it was like i'd like to say 12 12 colleges for camps holy moly that's a lot (laughs) so we went we went all over the country in the month of june we were out of town every pretty much every week Uh, i went to Texas that first weekend, we went over to um, Texas Tech, Texas A&M, and Baylor. Um, those three places were awesome. And um, yeah. Texas Tech was my first Power Five offer. Um, that was that was another one that felt insane. Like I was like, oh wow, I actually might be able to do this. Like I, I was at that I'm point, I was like, I'm pretty good at football. <laughs> yeah, but like I showed up there. And and I don't want to be like bragging, but you know, being six eight and three oh five, and you know, the coaches the coaches obviously are gonna be like, oh, that's a guy. Um, doesn't, doesn't even if he's not good, we're gonna watch him just because of that frame. But then I ended up being one of the best movers on the field, and I won um, the strength contest, the medicine ball throw. I threw it like really far. Forgot. <laughs> but, yeah. I know that I picked it up and that it was no longer anywhere near me following the yeah. toss. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty far. So, uh, and that, that was just fun. And they just made, they just put me up against the best guys. And I just, I was always, if there's one thing I could redo in the recruiting process, well, two things. I'd take all five of my official visits because those things are super fun. And I'd also just really do those camps again. Those, those camps were, really just the most fun thing ever because you just get to go against guys that you'd never really go against up in Colorado or you know just the amazing competition down there and all over the country so that's really fun so anyways after Texas um I'd like to say we went to Kansas in that Midwest area we were visited Oklahoma State went to the OU camp um Kansas State and Iowa State and then I picked up offers from Oklahoma State, Iowa State, and Kansas State. Um, not OU, though. Uh, OU, OU was was close. Like they, yeah. I don't really want to think about. I don't want to. That's a boomer sooner really fan. It hurts that. me to hear this. <laughs> yeah. I loved I loved Coach Beatenbaugh. He was awesome. Um, we had I, I loved that camp. That was one of my favorite camps as well. Um, and then. 
also camping with Joshua Bates there was fun too. We were able to kind of get that Colorado connection up there. That was lots of fun. And then um, I guess we kind of skip forward after camps. I mean, there was, and then there's also this Michigan State camp where I woke up at 2 a.m., flew out, oh. uh, took a 5 a.m. flight over to Detroit, drove to East Lansing for their camp um, that early afternoon at like 1, I think, I'd like to say. Um, did the camp, got dinner, and then flew home, and I was home by 2 a.m. that next that night so so 24 hour trip yeah just 24 a hour little trip. 24 hour trip to michigan state non-stop you yeah. had to be running on fumes by the end of that <laughs> i was i was struggling and i ended up uh picking up a offer for michigan state after that so i was always just a, that's always just a fun story worth it uh, worth it camp experience. <laughs> yeah um okay then after my junior year i really was like Every coach was telling me, you don't have to prove anything with camps. Um, and also, I was just really trying to grind on my mobility. I was working with some, some physical therapists and just really working on that ankle mobility and engaging my hips and all these sports science things to really help my leverage, which is extremely important as an offensive lineman, especially a tall offensive lineman. Um, just really just getting down to the little things. I didn't touch a weight till august i didn't I, I really was just working on my body um that was that definitely paid off um i feel like i didn't really i didn't really miss any because you can just gain you can lift weights all the time you can gain that strength back but it's really important to build that foundation so then you can prevent injuries and be able to be really powerful and one thing my doctor described it as is flexibility and mobility is strength so it's like a spring you have a spring and it has lots of coils and it's stronger and you yeah, and you, yeah. the more you move it it's stronger so um i'm really i'm really glad i did that but then at the end of this at the end of the summer i was like oh man i miss these camps uh they're so fun so uh, i i i mean i wouldn't say i regret it but probably not the smartest decision is i at the end of that summer i went to the polynesian bowl combine and then i also went to that rivals 250 um camp down in dallas and those things were those were super yeah. fun but after just like basically being just a yoga person and just stretching for like three months great <laughs> a little I little was, different <laughs> I, was, I was a little uh little rusty <laughs> after going against the top guys in the nation big so, picture big picture right <laughs> big picture big picture it was still fun I still really loved it, and um, it was cool. Got to meet some, got to meet some really cool guys there. And then junior summer was also another reason why I didn't really do many camps was because I was doing um, lots of the, my official visits. So I took officials to um, BYU, Utah, and Stanford. I decided that those were really my top three um, going forward. Stanford, Stanford, obviously because of the amazing academics and they're they're amazing people i'm so grateful that i was able to have a chance to play there um had so much fun on all my official visits um but byu ended up just being the place for me um the relationships with coaches there are amazing um they're like they're like family um they all took a private jet out to my grad party and i'll just showed up and just was like talked to all my teammates and just was like just super, just super great people. 
And that's what anyone around the football world will really say about Coach Kalani Sataki and all the coaches there at BYU. Is they're just really awesome people and great football coaches. No, I didn't just go there because they're nice people, though. I know I knew that they had a, I knew that they know how to develop NFL offensive linemen and moving into the Big 12 uh, this just this next year. Um, it's really exciting. We're going in a really exciting direction. Um, yeah. Coach Daryl Funk. I don't know if you know this, but Coach Daryl Funk, their offensive line coach, he actually went to Rocky Mountain High School. Um, no shot. Like, Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. That's incredible. It was wild. So I was like telling him, like he was calling me the first time. He was like, hey, uh, just like, you know, recruiting call. And he was just like, um, so I actually went to Rocky Mountain High School. I'm like, no way. What are you doing at BYU? You're you're not even a member of the church. Uh, and then you're from Rocky Mountain High School, which there's no, there's really no. There's not like a pipeline here. There's not, there's not like a pipeline. That's what I'm saying. I, I mean, I love the school, but it's not like it's a Cherry Creek or like any of those major schools and like any St. John Bosco or, you know, super football pipeline schools. It's just Rocky Mountain High School. And he's like, yeah, and he just he, Went to Rocky, broke, broke, um, went up through the coaching ranks. He coached at Michigan, coached Taylor Wan at Michigan, um, worked his way up from Ball State and other smaller schools, and then coached at CSU as well. And yeah, he's an awesome guy and he's a great developer of talent, um, especially, yeah, especially tall guys. He's, he loves his tall offensive linemen. Yep, and, yep. Um, and you fit that bill just a little bit, I right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just about I'm just about the limit as you know, as tall as you can get without <laughs> without being a little too tall. So yeah, and, that's uh, that's you know, awesome. You can do a great job developing me there, so that's why I chose him. No, that's exciting, and I mean, you know that that's part of the the beauty of you know being. It's like, how did you end up at BYU? And you're looking at you know Rocky Mountain. It's like, well, you know. It just comes to show that, you know, somebody who played at Rocky Mountain High School or wherever in Colorado can climb the ranks and, you know, BYU about to be in a power five conference, obviously, you know, like with that move to the Big 12 that you were talking about. And, you know, he's he's going to be coaching at a power five school and, you know, people don't forget where they came from. Right. He's like, well, you know, I played at Rocky Mountain and I thought some of these guys were good back in the day when I played. So, you know, it's one of those things where. Guys will just check back in on their old high schools and stumble across a uh, six foot eight, uh, three fifteen plus recruit here. So you know, and then watch the film, and you know the film doesn't lie. You you really are a fantastic prospect, and I really think that your ceiling is you know as as high as you could imagine it being, honestly. So you know, I will. You know, obviously, you still got to put in that work and whatnot, but you know, that sounds like an awesome recruiting journey. And, you know, that that you talking about Funk being from Rocky Mountain and, you know, your experience with the camps, I guess, what is it like facing kind of that national competition? I mean, granted, at these camps, you're obviously facing the best of the best, but you think about Colorado talent. And I don't know if you got to hear the episode or know any of the other tackles there. But, you know, like you said, you went to a camp with Josh Bates and whatnot. What do you think of like how Colorado talent stacks up to some of that national competition because I feel like the a lot of the national perspective is that we're a flyover state but here I am talking with a three basically four-star recruit at least in my eyes 
right now. And, you know, like you said, you traveled with Josh Bates. We had him very highly ranked. And, you know, you have guys that are working in the college ranks. So I guess what is your kind of perspective on Colorado football following looking at some national competition and traveling a little bit? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think we definitely measure up. And I think that we're definitely overlooked. Like, I don't know. I'm not going to try and, like, toot my own horn or anything. But I do not know any three stars with 19, with 18 Power 5 offers and from every Power 5 conference. Um, or not, you know. But I just feel like we're a little bit disrespected. Um, I know I've actually planted some prep red zone camps. Those things are, those things were just as competitive as um, the national camps. Now, of course, they're not as deep because it's one state. But the top end guys, like I, I love, I love playing against. Uh, I was able to go against Chase Brackney uh, a couple years ago. That, that was my sophomore summer at that um, USA football camp. I was like, man, this guy's good. And um, he was just, he was cooking all the older guys. And then me and him had some good battles. And um, yeah, he's, he's obviously um, one of the best guys in the state. One guy that I've never been able to go against though is Blake Purchase. And man, I wish we played Cherry Creek one of these years. All my teammates were like, no, we don't want to play Cherry Creek. I'm like, I want to play Cherry Creek. I want to go against those two edge rushers. For, for I want to challenge myself. I want to grow <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's just, that's really all. That's really all it is. Um, I just love, I just love competition. And Joshua Bates, um, he deserves every bit of his ranking and more. Um, I remember at that OU camp, just the complete dominance that he showed. Like it was like, it was like scary, a little bit scary. Um, he's got, he's got the strongest, <laughs> extremely strong core. Extremely strong punch, and like he would just, he would just stone these dudes at the line of scrimmage, like these dudes that thought they were big shots in Texas or somewhere, and he'd just stone them and put them right on their butts. And yeah, I thought it was. And I that think, was that. <laughs> yeah, that's the best I could put it. Well, that's that's refreshing to hear, and you know, it's it's one thing when you know we work in the media, right? A lot of people are, well, you're supposed to, of course, say Colorado talent stacks up. You're th- you're supposed to say that, but you know we've we've sent you know whether it's seven on sevens or you know Colorado produces a lot of offensive linemen and they travel, right? So you know the fact that we're still getting these looks, we're still getting these offers, whether it's you know you here committed to to BYU or Zach Henning who's committing to Washington. You know, and, you know, this was a very talented tackle class and just a talented line class as well. Josh Bates, uh, Hank Zelinskis as well on the interior. Mm. So, you know, I think yeah. that it's just we, we have to toot our own horn. You know, it's because it, people really just I, I agree wholeheartedly. They definitely overlook Colorado. And, you know, if there's any college programs that are overlooking Colorado, they're missing out is is yeah. my opinion. So to. We, we, we like to, to, you know, pump that a little bit. We should toot our own horn. Otherwise, nobody's going to know, right? I mean, yeah. think about it. California, Florida, Texas, they're all loud about it. So why can't we be when we're talented? I agree. It's, it's, it's really not my personality, but I need to get better at that, especially in this new age of NIL and stuff and all that stuff. Sometimes you just got to be a little bit cocky. <laughs> just just a hair. Just enough. Just you know, just enough. Yeah, not, not totally arrogant, but just a little bit. Oh uh, yeah, another guy, another guy's. Just I gotta shout out my own teammate, my left guard, Zane Feltz. 
Um, he was a linebacker sophomore year. He was like 180 pounds. He put on almost 100 pounds. He's about 270 this last year, and he was able to go to D1 school at San Diego. Oh, my gosh. And, um, I think that, personally, this is my bias. This, this is bias, but I think he can go somewhere really. I think he can go somewhere further uh, eventually. Um, I'd like you to watch that. Watch his film, uh, Zane Feltz is the name. Um, he made our left side of the line totally unstoppable. Like no one's, no one put anyone on the left side of the line because they know it didn't matter. Because uh, I'm Zane and I. So yeah. Sweet. I just I just put that name in in the chat. If I spelled it wrong, uh, feel free to correct me in the chat there. But you know I think uh, I think it's fair to assess prospects that you know our top five prospects tell us to take a look at. Oh, I was so close. I was so close. Z instead of an S. Yeah. And. <laughs> You know, I think uh, I think talking about your teammate here and talking about Rocky Mountain a little bit, I think that's a good time to kind of talk about, you know, how this season went a little bit. What were maybe some of the expectations of coming into this season for Rocky Mountain? What were some things that you were proud of for for this Lobo squad? And what are some things that you hope some of the younger guys who are trying to, you know, pick up the torch? What are some things that you hope they learn and do and, and improve on from this past season? There's lots of things to be really happy about for this season. Um, and there's just lots of lessons we can learn. Um, I don't know of any other team that has had any, as much adversity as we do now. I don't really like to say that as an excuse, but we missed. I like to I'll say like I just say we lost 11 starters throughout the year for multiple games. Uh, we had one game where we only had one of our wide receivers that started. Um, re- usually in one game, and we also had two of our quarterbacks out. Um, one of our quarterbacks, which played wide receiver, broke his arm. Then Gage broke his ankle. Um, then we that had is foul. knee injuries. Um, we had four or five broken ribs on one guy. Um, we had a couple more. Just so many injuries. We had a, we had three broken arms, and I, I was it was just wild i don't i didn't i've never seen so many injuries and i was like oh my gosh we can't we can't really take much more losses we don't have you know we don't have free agents we can sign we're just a bunch of <laughs> we got what we got shit. right now <laughs> we got what we got. so yeah and given that i thought we had a really good season um we started off strong we won those first two games and that chaparral game was really good so overcoming adversity we uh we played the night before when we had a, we were lightning out and then um we were able to win that next game in overtime and then that's when gage broke his ankle and we had to totally rewrite rewrite the script because um gage uh, i don't know if you know this but gage brook our quarterback he just barely signed to northern colorado yes and, yes uh, go bears i'm a unc yeah. alumni so i i did okay. happen to catch that <laughs> awesome yeah, so he's a he's a super talented six six quarterback and great arm and he's never really he's he's had two ankle injuries two broken ankles and hasn't even ha- ever had a junior or senior year, which is huge. Like everyone knows that you don't get recruited without a junior and senior year film. Like it just doesn't happen. Um, and he's gonna be awesome. He's gonna he's gonna tear it up at UNC. I know that um, if he stays healthy, he can be something special. 
Um, but anyways, after we lost Gage, we had to just rewrite the script. And, you know, I always knew we had a, a really good offensive line. And um, we had we averaged around 260 up front. Um, myself, Zane, Caden, Ben, and uh, Tyler. We had a four of our four of our five starters were seniors, and then our center was a junior. He was big old guys, really good. Um, Caden. Um, but yeah, we were able to we were able to really just take over that game, and um, and also Abe Abe Chatila. He he really had a breakout year. Um, I didn't I didn't know he was he was really special as he showed this year. Um, until he had a great great year. That's true. Until until I gave him the chance and um, Gage went down and we ran the ball. I want to I want to say I don't even know how many plays we ran the ball 50, 50 a game at least. Um, we passed the ball. I, I'd be there to say how many times we passed the ball, which was once one to three times a game. So we just we just totally ran it up the gut every play, and we were able to put together a decent season. We were able to make it to that playoff game versus Mountain Vista, and we were able to really we we got Gage back. We got two of our receivers back that game, and we were like, oh, we're gonna be able to actually play. We're gonna have to play some different football now. And then it snowed, and then we just stuck with our old script, anyways. And then, yeah, all that all that adversity ended up paying off for us. We were we were great at just the ground the ground pound football, the smash mouth football. Um, and yeah, and for that game, we were able to run that without our running back Abe. He went down, and we had put in a sophomore quarterback uh, Cody, and he was he was able to really play just super well. Um, we just ran it up the gut every play. We got. Five yards per carry, five yards per carry, then broke free for twenty. Always got hawked. <laughs> but then we just we just grinded it away. And then um Gage had a couple great passes. We had one passing touchdown, and then our defense. That's one thing let's talk about. I'm a I'm an offensive player, so I like really just know more about, you know, offense and what our what our thought process was there. But man, our defense did not disappoint this year, especially oh man. I can't even. I guess especially in that second round playoff game, even though we lost, um, our defense held them to zero points in three out of the four quarters. Um, they had two touchdowns in the first quarter, and then our defense stopped them the rest of the game until we threw pick six or we had a turnover. So we ended up losing twenty-one to zero. But man, our defense was just stalwart that game, and we weren't able to really get it going. Um, that Grandview defense was really good. Um, but yeah, I really proud of our defense. Um, one guy I like I'd like you to look at is um, Michael Belap. He's a defensive end, and man, this kid this kid could actually be something really special. He's a six five two forty defensive end. He's gone against some of the best tackles in the state. There's there's no shortage of good tackles. Um, Gage Ginther, Zach Henning, um, both of those guys, and he had he had great games. He's sometimes he sometimes would do things that just is just scary. Like he has a he has a similar wingspan to me, and I have a six eleven wingspan, and he's just he's um just kind of just a freak athlete. That's well, and and that. he gets to rep against you, or did get to rep against you in practice as well. So I bet yeah. that that helped when facing off against 
uh, yeah. some of these other great tackles I'm, in the state. I was super proud. I was super proud of the way that I was. He was a guy that I was like, oh, he's talented, but I'm not sure if he's got that switch. Because, you know, that's, that's the same question I have with everybody is, oh, he's got some talent, but does he have that work ethic and that switch? And he's definitely showed that he does. Um, he's relentless out there. I'd like to watch that tape. He's a, he's a legit. He's a, his big brother Jordan. I don't know if you heard about Jordan too. Jordan D. Lap. He's our, he was our middle linebacker, and he. I was wondering if they were related. I assume yeah. so, but you know. Yeah. I've never heard Michael's, that last name before. <laughs> yeah, Michael's the, about eight inches taller than Jordan. <laughs> he but looks Jordan, like the older brother. <laughs> yeah, but Jordan is the strongest guy pound for pound I've ever met. Um, he squats. I don't even. He he moves he moves some stupid weight at like 180. Um, he's like front squats 315 for reps. Um, just really strong and uh, just a great athlete too and a great motor. Um, he he was in on. One, I think one game he was in on like 69 out of the 70 defensive plays on the tackles. And he's just, he just flies around. And both of those, both of the guys are really talented, man. I mean, I thought, I thought they were overlooked, but um, Michael Delap, I'm not sure. I've heard, I heard through the grapevine. I haven't really talked to him by himself, but I heard that he got an invite to that Rivals 250 camp, which is a big deal. And I think that he'll really turn a lot of heads there. Um, so just, just keep an eye out for him. I think he can. I think he can be really good. Um, just keeps working. Um, but yeah, our, just our defense. Um, we lost a lot of de- we lost a lot of seniors last year on the defensive side of the ball, and um, lots the young guys just stepped up. Will Pryor, um, our senior defensive tackle, is going to score our school minds. Great fit for him. He's going to be he's going to kill up there at that school. We'll compete for national titles pretty much every year. Uh, I know it'll be pushed and get really good. It's great academic school too. So, just oh yeah, big fit. time. Yeah, and he he was he was fun to go against. He's more of an interior guy, so I didn't go against him that much. He would pick on all our he'd pick on our centers. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that yeah. sounds like a a very talented squad you got to rock with. And I mean, there's a lot to be happy because I mean, you guys, or I should say, Rocky Mountain specifically. Hadn't even made the playoffs, I don't think, since 2019. So not only to get there for the first time in a few years, but to then win one. Um, I, I didn't do my due. I didn't do my dil, dil, due diligence here. That's a little bit of a tongue twister there. But uh, I didn't look up the last time that Rocky Mountain won a playoff game. But you know, it's still good to. It's good for the school, and you know, it's it's stuff like that too that should help some of these younger guys turn some more heads and stuff. And I mean. That's part of the reason why, I mean, you mentioned Cherry Creek earlier. Not only are they uber talented, but they have that sustained kind of success, too, that draws heads. And, you know, it can be anybody on any time. So, you know, I think that this is good. And what you've helped build here on both the offensive unit and, you know, challenging some of these defensive guys is going to pay off in the long run for Rocky Mountain recruiting. I think so, too. Um that's one thing we've never, I've never heard in my life is Rocky Mountain recruiting. <laughs> we kind of just, I don't think that we do that, do that really uh, too much. I don't um, know if that really does exist, not, but I said it just now. So maybe it'll yeah. be <laughs> hashtag Rocky I, I Mountain recruiting. <laughs> I know it exists. I know it exists in a lot of places, kind of like a, not real recruiting. Like there's nothing you can really give the guys, but just, you know, 
school choice and that stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. But For yeah, sure. it's like, I think it's a big, I think it's a great culture of school. Um, teaches to build great men, um, great people on and off the field. And um, yeah, that's the most important thing. Coach Brooke um, retired, but he's, he's done a great job building that culture. And I know that Coach Underwood, our next head coach, is just going to do it again. So. Yeah, no, I think that uh, from from the sounds of it, just what the staff was able to accomplish with the hand that they were given is uh, is pretty tough. And, you know, there's not a, there's not like an injury report for Colorado high school teams. So, you know, that's why we like to do these interviews and hear about. I mean, we don't like to hear about how horrible your luck was, but, you know, it does just give us some perspective and it does help. You know, us when we do those season previews, kind of look ahead to that season and be like, well, you know, when we're talking about last season, this team very much overachieved, I would say, based off of the hand that they were given from the interview I had with Ethan Thomason. So, you know, I definitely appreciate you going in depth with that and letting us know and obviously speaking to the culture of the school as well. And, you know, I think that I think that in general, you know, we talked about Colorado on the national scale, but talking about inside of Colorado in the box state here, I definitely think that uh, there's a lot of talent that's just quietly uh, trying to hide out there in that Fort Collins area. A lot of people talk about, you know, the Denver metro area naturally, just, I mean, population wise and school wise what we got. But, you know, I cover a lot of the northern region and, you know, Coach V, my one of my other co-hosts, covers the southern region. And, you know, there's definitely talent that's, I'd say, a little bit more hidden or poked out there. And, you know, being able to get big recruits from those areas like yourself, you know, for for the line position way up north there. Josh Bates doing it for way southwest Colorado out of Durango, you know, being a 3A school. And obviously, Brayden Dorman, that quarterback out of Vista Ridge, just trying to get the spread going a little bit too is something that I really liked this past season. And I thought made it pretty competitive um, just kind of across the board here. Yeah, for sure. That's one thing. Yeah, I agree. I agree totally. Yeah. And you know, I, I appreciate you name dropping a little bit here too. I, I like watching some good film and, you know, seeing as how it, you know what you're doing based off the film that I watched, uh, I, I take your word for it for sure. And I guess, you know, we're we're kind of getting near the the dawn or, or you know, the uh, the sunset of this interview here. But I talking about one last question kind of in regards to you is, you know, your journey is going to look a little bit different here. We got well, your un, unluckiness kind of tur- turned out to be a little lucky for us here at PMC here. And uh, you you do have a mission to do. How long are you doing that mission before you get to head to BYU? And I guess how do you maintain kind of that that football shape? And I guess what is your journey to the field going to kind of look like, or what do you have mentally mapped out? Yeah. So the plan the plan right now is to go out on the mission and then um, do that for two years and then return back that winter semester of 2025 so i'll be gone for two years um and there's really there's really no staying in football shape um in that in that type of lifestyle um because i don't have three hours a day to really really get that technique work in um you know 
exercise, running, lifting, all that stuff. Um, I do have I do have some great people around me though um, who try and really just work on the most important thing for me to. As a big guy, I'm, I've always struggled with just flexibility and just trying to get trying to get down and trying to um, be super mobile. And I think and I've um, really just been working on that. Um, it's actually funny. That's actually how I hurt my ankle. I was doing my, I was doing my uh, stretches for my physical therapist, and I just pushed it. I just pushed it too hard and had a high ankle sprain and little, yeah, just a little, little small injury in the ankle that they just want to be super cautious with, so it doesn't lead to any lasting stuff. But yeah, in that lifestyle, I'll just be doing lots of stretching, physical therapy, um, the core work. That's a huge thing. It needs to be able to be balanced in the core. Um, just push-ups. <laughs> yeah, the the simple, more uh, Rocky Four kind of approach, almost. But um, I'll be do, yeah. I'll be doing uh, <laughs> I'll I'll be doing handstand push-ups at 320, doing some calisthenics work. Man, I it's not, see you said it's hard to stay in football shape, but you're at least going to stay in shape, you know. So I think that that's what matters. You're keeping that mobility up, and I think that you know you're probably the strongest advocate for mobility through strength and stuff like that. So I appreciate you know these varying perspectives that that you bring here, and yeah, I, I think that I think you'll be fine. And obviously, you know, committed to BYU, they understand you know what what you got going on. So I think that. You know, that helps out, too, as far as, you know, what your personal goals are and what you had in mind and your timetable and them being accommodating to that is is a great fit. And, you know, see, seeing you uh, kind of head to campus in that uh, that winter of 25, you know, I will I'll have my TV on for that uh, fall of 26 and, and see if uh, or uh, yeah. when you say winter, do you mean the like the January like of 2025? Paper. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I'll, I'll stay tuned for that, uh, that fall of 25, fall of 26 and, and see what I can see there. You, you got me excited. And obviously we wish you the best of luck on, on that mission as well, man. Thank you very much. Uh, one other thing about the mission is, uh, not to mention this, but the BYU strength coach is Andy Reed's son. Uh, they just won a Super Bowl and Andy Reed's in my mission area. So I, I li- I'm just outside, just in, I, my area includes uh, Kansas City, and um, yeah, so maybe maybe I'll meet Andy Reid. He is a member of the church, so um, one thing his son was telling me is like, oh man, maybe he can, maybe he'll feed you. He'll feed you for sure. I'm like, no, <laughs> he's so sweet. Dinner kinda at Andy Reid's place. <laughs> kind of get my foot in the door in that in that world. Just be like, hey, Andy Reid, draft me, come on. Come on. Hey, you've seen me. What do you think? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I'll I'll cross my fingers for that, man. You know, being a yeah. Bronco fan, I obviously have to be upset. This by the way, of course, now like an hour in, I'm gonna say what day I recorded this. This recorded on the 13th of February. So as a Bronco fan, you know, I'm obviously not enthused by the Chiefs winning a Super Bowl, but from a football perspective and a and a coaching perspective, Andy Reid is definitely one of the best we've got to see do it. So if you oh, do yeah. have that chance, that's big I love time. Andy. I was actually I was actually um, thinking the Eagles were going to win though, man. Their offensive line was really really good, but you know you can't really beat you can't really beat insane quarterback play. 
when it comes down to it. Um, it's the most important position in football. But the Chiefs offensive line gave up zero sacks, which is the best fat thrust in the league. And yeah, it's hard to really, it's hard to lose when you give up zero sacks to the best quarterback in the league. So yeah, that's, that's a tough draw. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and Sir Andy Reid, I think Ethan would love to someday be a part of protecting the goods of Patrick Mahomes and giving up zero sacks. <laughs> uh, we gotta we gotta manifest it a little bit, right? <laughs> yep. But um, I'm gonna say it's gonna happen. Yeah, so you know, I, I it's it's an if, it's an if, of course. But you know, obviously we're we're rooting for you to to go as far as you possibly can for sure here at the pod and. Um, you know, I guess what are if you could give some advice to to athletes that, you know, whether they're entering high school and kind of like high school sports advice or whether they're going to be going through the recruiting process. What is some what is something you wish you maybe knew or, you know, could pass along to that next gen here? Oh, man. Um, it's It's deep here. It's deep here on the podcast interviews. <laughs> um, be the best at where you are. Um, don't don't try and look too far ahead. Um, first, set your goals to be the best freshman on the team. Um, then, set your goals to be the best player on the team, um, best player in the city, best player in the conference, and then just keep going up. Just keep going up from there. Um, and then just be coachable. Listen, listen to your coaches. Um, they only want the best for you. They have really nothing to gain. Uh, I mean, I guess they, they do have something to gain, winning games. But like, it's high, it's high school football. Um, it's not. They're not making millions of dollars as a high school football coach. They just really want to help you succeed. And just listen to them. Um, another thing that's is just. Be with your team. Um, lots of guys go to their, um, you know, trainers, fancy trainers outside of their team and miss miss some team workouts. Lots of the guys in our teams. Um, that was one thing that happened quite a bit is guys would just go to their own gym instead of doing the team lineups and they'd skip reps and stuff like that. Um, that just happens. I know that happens all throughout um, football. Like they go to their trainer or they go to just the gym and just aren't really getting that camaraderie piece of a great football team now you now i'm not saying don't don't go to your trainers and don't go to the gym on your own don't do the extra work i'm saying um just make sure that you're doing everything you can just do everything you can um, to be with that team build that chemistry and then build yourself yeah i think that's all great advice and i think you also provided a the the tagline here i made sure to type down i love that quote be the best where you are i think that's uh that's fantastic and and gets me, you know, it, it reminds me of the beauty of, of football and the grind that it brings and the way that you can apply it to anything for sure. And so that's actually, no, I'm not, I'm not going to take full credit for that quote. Um, I love that quote, but uh, coach, his name is coach Brown, Scott Brown. Um, he was a big, he was a big mentor for me. He coached me since um, he's really known me since I was a little kid. Um, he coached in the NFL for the 49ers. For 10 years, he coached, in, he coached in college for 30 years at Duke and all over the nation. Um, he coached defensive line, but it's it's the same 
the same base principles, um, of course, for any football player. Um, focus on being the best where you are is what he told me. And um, I followed that advice. And um, I'm going to keep following that advice. And I'm just so grateful for him in my life. He was, he, he was one of the guys, one of the huge football mentors for me. Uh, he, he would take time out of his week during COVID. And he would train me for free at a park um, three times a week for like an hour. We just get football. We just get bags and we just run and we just we just move our feet over the bag and just do all of these moves that really helped me in the camps. Um, we did the same drills as those camps and I was able to be ready for them. And he was, he was the biggest. He was a huge proponent to my success. Um, and uh, we'll, we're, we're still in touch. And, um, I'll use him as a resource forever. Um, he's an awesome guy. So I give him a little shout out. I'm sure he's, I'm sure he doesn't really care about the shout outs. The thing about him is he just doesn't care about the shout outs. He's had enough of his limelight, but he's just a, he's just a great mentor for me. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And, uh, uh, I'm glad that you were able to get that work in and you, you know, kudos to you for, for citing your source on that because, I, I totally would have been like, yep, all me when I came up with that for sure. Um, but all jokes aside, you know, I think that you've you've done a great job in in your career. And, you know, obviously you're you're in a pretty good spot to succeed. And you already shouted out, you know, uh, Coach Scott Brown here. And you've, you've already had a couple of shout outs, but feel free to reiterate if you would like. But, you know, here at the end of the episode, we definitely like to give our athletes time to just shout out you know, anybody who's been important to their academic or athletic career and just give them a chance to thank them on the show, whether it's friends, family, coaches or, or fellow players alike. And so, you know, I, I hear you use the word grateful quite a bit during the course of this interview. And now this is like the grateful segment of the interview. So just kind of have at it, man. Okay. Um, this might be a long list, but my my family, my mom, she's been a great support to me. He recently learned what position I played. Um, so that, that's a big plus. Um, she, she was a she was a D1 college basketball player. And uh, she she taught me work ethic. She was probably the first person that taught me work ethic. Um, in seventh grade, I was a I was a terrible. I was six foot four. I was playing on the JV middle school team. I wasn't even on the varsity middle school team. Um, <laughs> and everyone was like, what is this dude doing on the JV team? And I just hadn't, I just hadn't learned that you need to work if you want to be good. And I thought, oh, I'm six, four. I can be good enough. And she's like, you can't expect. And then I was really sad because I didn't get in the championship game. And, and she's like, you can't expect to play if you haven't worked. And I'm like, and I was mad about that. I was like, oh, what? But then I, then I just thought on it and, um, it's so true. Um, nothing's going to be given to you, no matter how talented you are. Um, you can be the most talented guy in the world and um, never, never touch the court or never touch the field uh, if you don't ever put in work. Um, and then also my dad, my social, my, mom, my social media manager, my dad, um, he would, he would, he would always be putting together highlight reels and weeding out stuff he still needs to he still hasn't even put together my senior highlight reel so he's lacking on that but yeah. <laughs> come on get yeah. on it pops <laughs> my whole career he, he tweeted he uh 
would make those high reels and he'd send it to pretty much every D1 online coach in the nation uh, just to get some traction. And, um, you know, I'm, I owe a lot of my success to, you know, I can't, he, he helped me get out to all these schools. Um, hard to, he did, he's done so much for me. He's done everything for me. Um, just getting my name out there. And um, so my mom and my dad, of course, Scott Brown, who I already touched on, a great mentor for me. Uh, Scott Jones, our O-line coach. He's a great O-line coach. Um, he's, he's, one of, he's one of the most, like, down-to-earth, great coaches. Um, he teaches great fundamentals. And um, he knows what he's talking about. Um, coach Dyer, my strength coach at Rocky. Um, he was one of the guys that's just, he's always grinding. Um, he's coached, he's coached strength there since my dad went to Rocky. And, um, he's always been just tweaking his program a little bit every year and just trying to upgrade our weight room every year. We have one of the nicest, nicest weight rooms I, I know of in the States. And it's massive for the relatively smaller program we have. Um, but he's just putting so much work on that. Um, my head coach, Mark Brook, um, he's been a great mentor for me. Always a, he's just a great man and a great role model and a great coach. Um, my big guy that kids can really talk to, each player can really talk to. Um, another guy, Joe McKay, I worked, I worked with him um, over at this gym called Pursuit, and he, we just worked. During COVID, we worked on some speed stuff, um, combine training for combines to help me practice for 40s and uh, shuttles and just get my movement up. Um, he was a bit, he was a really big help for me in that in that time of my life. Um, and then this this really the, another big proponent that more recently has been the really the biggest part of my development is uh, the staff here um, at Rebound and at Hecker um, Sports Medicine. Um, both of those guys really have helped me, given me treatments and um, lots of these things to help me improve my mobility and to improve my athleticism. Um, just teaching me a lot about sports science. Um, I always find that really interesting, just finding little ways to get an edge and um, ways to just make your yourself solid, um, having good movement patterns and just all those, the chains of what leads to injuries and just learning about all that stuff has really helped me. I've, um, th- those guys have been great. Um, oh man, I just don't want to miss anyone. The BYU coaches, they're awesome. Um, I really haven't had the experience with them yet. I'm just really looking forward to that. Yeah. And this is where, and this is the part where you say, and everyone else who's been a part of my journey. And then you, you got it, you got it well-rounded there. <laughs> you know who you are and you can text me if you're mad. There you go. I'll make sure to add you in something else. Uh, well, see the the people who know you, they know where to find you, and uh, I know that you're you're gonna kind of be uh, not obviously super social media heavy over these next few years, but uh, let's let's see if we can get you a couple more followers, but before you take off, and maybe some people to get to follow you, you know, uh, while you're on the mission, you come back with a ton more followers. Where can the people, where can the fans find you and follow you on social media? I appreciate that. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Ethan Thomason 77. And then um, on Instagram, I'm Ethan Thomason 76. Um, 
I gotta change that just to be my name. But yeah, those are my, those are my those are my handles: Ethan Thomason seventy seven, Ethan Thomason seventy six. There you go, folks. So make sure to to go find Ethan. Go ahead and give him a follow. And while you're out there, make sure to to find us. You know, at Playmaker Corner on Twitter and Playmakers Corner on Instagram, Facebook. We also got a Twitter where you know. We are going to be releasing – There's there should be a little uh, snippet, little clip of uh, Ethan as well as a little bit of a preview as far as, you know, what our bro- what our breakdown looked like. And uh, be sure to check out our episode where we dissect the top five 2023 tackles for Ethan's full film breakdown here. And by the way, you know, he did grade at an 88.85. That is one of the highest grades in PMC history. So kudos to Ethan who definitely earned that. And uh, Ethan, thank you so, so much for hopping on the show with us here. We appreciate your time, man. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And, you know, thank you so much once again, Ethan, for, for having us on. It was absolutely our pleasure here. And for more content such as interviews, film breakdowns, recaps, and stuff like that, be sure to find us Anywhere you listen to podcasts, whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Anchor, who distributes all of our podcasts to those streaming places, be sure to you know subscribe, follow, or whatever you have to do. Turn on those notifications so you get notified every single time we drop an episode, and that way you can give us a listen. We have plenty of great content for you, interviews, obviously our top five 2023 series by this point has come to a close and Ethan was a member of this very prestigious, very talented 2023 class. And, you know, we have plenty to talk about with Colorado football. We got our season previews later in the you know summer, as well as our weekly recaps during the fall. And for now, be sure to tune into our Colorado girls flag football or, you know, in the fall as well. And then here in the spring, we are covering women's flag football on the NAIA level. So please stay tuned for all of that. And if you don't listen to any of those streaming services for some reason, we also post things to YouTube as well. So go ahead and find us Playmakers Corner on YouTube. Follow us on all of those, the social medias. Stay tuned for plenty of more content. I have been your host for this episode, for this segment, Cody Stoffer, and I'll catch you next time.